Looking good. Still seeing lines. Yep, looking good. Excellent. Hey Ben, what's going on, man? Not much, dude. Um, just got back from playing some basketball, actually. Mm. Um, we were gonna have dinner, but um, I cut it short because we ended up hopping in the pool. It's like ninety-nine degrees here today, so. Yeah, there's been a crazy heat wave going up, you know, up north. It's weird because here it's been in the 70s. It just feels like... Up, oh, really? Yeah, it's been like upside down world. It's just been rainy and cold <laughs> here and hot in the Pacific Northwest. And where are you? Are you, You're you in like Indiana or something, right? Illinois? I'm in uh, Philly, actually. Oh, I was clo- not close at all. Uh, <laughs> not, yeah, Philadelphia. Yeah, so that has to be double bad i've never really experienced a heat wave in the inner city but i have to imagine all that concrete and shit makes it worse oh yeah i feel like uh you know asphalt's just a magnet for sun and then i'm lucky i'm not super fair-skinned so like i can take a decent amount of the sun without feeling it too much but my sister just like you know roasts like a lobster from being outside and like for like five minutes so yeah that's me but yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. so man since last we spoke which i think was well it's years ago i don't know how time has no meaning for me anymore because of like baby and stuff so things could have happened like uh yesterday or or years ago but it was definitely years ago that we last talked but i think around that time you were just starting apocalypse party uh yeah and now you have a bunch of books out how many books total oh total oh god i don't know um i know how many we're putting out this year which is 10 Mm -hmm. and uh the year before we did three and then it was um sort of one here and there leading up to that um just sort of learning the process and trying not to rush in too much so Mm -hmm. it has grown exponentially that's awesome Um, so you're doing 10 this year yeah, ten. That's does that make you nervous? Um, <laughs> it. I really just have put in a lot of work, so I feel like I'm confident. Um, the work has been done, so mm-hmm. I will let the pieces fall as they may. Mm-hmm. But um, I was nervous going into it for sure. Um, just taking on that much uh more of a workload but i've sort of timed it you know with (laughs) the pandemic and everything Mm -hmm. there wasn't much else to do so oh yeah Um, how did how did that all go for you how was how was your pandemic last year um i was super lucky you know i was able to um work through the entire thing Mm -hmm. so um basically just worked and stayed inside (laughs) Mm -hmm. not much different than a lot of people but I didn't have to work um from home I still went to my day job I'm basically like a maintenance person so while the building was empty we just did a lot of projects like painting projects and you know redoing furniture around the building and Mm -hmm. cleaning all the carpets that sort of thing they kept you busy yeah yeah how about you how was yours oh it was fantastic it was great. I was uh, <laughs> I was cooped up in an apartment. Um, a lot like you, I worked through the whole thing because I just edit books. So cool. I got I was one of the the privilege. I always feel shitty when I say stuff like that because uh, I see it all the time with more bougie people who 
I call them the Zoom class of people, right? Who are <laughs> uh-huh. who are like, oh, this yeah. is great. We get to stay at home in our pajamas and get on Zoom and you know like, get our food delivered and shit like that. And, totally, and it yeah. rubs me the wrong way because it's like, well, not everybody gets to do that, right? And no, <laughs> and they're the you know like these are the types of people who are like you know this is a great idea, you know this is this is exactly the way everything should work, and it's like well. I guess you would say that because uh, it's working out very nicely for you. But yeah, man, yeah. I I uh, I basically just edited and, um, you know where where I live, uh, it's kind of like it didn't happen. It, it was really bizarre to go on the on the internet and you know kind of see what other places were going yeah. through. But Oklahoma just kind of. They were sort of like what pandemic, so things closed <laughs> a little bit. Um, but were you able to stay at the gym um, the whole time? Yeah, I went to the gym the whole time. Uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah, my my gym was uh, wide open, and uh, the uh, the guy who runs it is this uh, short, well, just of course, extremely yoked dude, right? <laughs> and I I found his Instagram because I was gonna actually uh, hire him as a personal trainer, but it ended up. Being, oh, nice. being a little bit too pricey for me but i went to his instagram and like every post of his was like you know covid is bullshit come come work out at <laughs> you know blah 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 gym and i was like this guy's oh, this guy's funny you know um that's pretty hilarious but uh but yeah yeah it was just i don't know i mean you live in philly so i mean i know shit was definitely shut down so you you were you were experiencing the full the full pandemic basically Oh yeah, for sure. Um, the one thing is, I actually work um, where I do my maintenance stuff is at a church, mm-hmm. so there was that in- interesting divide where they, I feel like, um, started implementing protocol pretty late. Like I would wear my mask um, pretty regular, reg- uh, regularly, mm-hmm. just since I had to be all around the building. Um, there's like a school on the other side so they just wanted to be i guess since i was around more people but the pastors everyone else was they were pretty much just going maskless until um i guess i mean the congregation started to be a little divided about it so that's when they finally started implementing stuff but it was sort of interesting to see the different sides of it play out Uh like in real time and actually yeah. be affected by um, the potential con- consequences because there were, you know, several um, breakouts of COVID. I never got it, but right. you know. Um, and the tricky thing about feel, churches, man, is the is the elderly population in churches for sure. You know, which is a lot of it. Yeah, exactly. And it's it is funny to me because where I live. So the town that I live in in Oklahoma is a small little blue speck in a sea of red. I think besides Wisconsin, Oklahoma is the reddest state in the country. And so mm. I live in like a tiny little pocket where people were on the the wavelength that you know places like Philly were probably on, right? Where they were. Yeah. But um, even when I even when people my age were kind of masking up and you know. Uh, doing the whole thing i would just see kind of older like really out of shape people who are were just like fuck it i'm not doing it and i'm like you know of of <laughs> all people right who should probably be a little careful uh it's probably you but 
you know yeah <laughs> but it, no for sure but yeah. <laughs> my um my uh one uh co-worker is like this you know like mid-50s like shaggy hair like rides a motorcycle like just very um salt of the earth type of dude and he was just like you know the entire time he was just like this is bullshit you know mm-hmm. but like was also just like you know but you know if you're you know an older out of shape person like eh, like be careful like mm-hmm. a little bit more like so it was interesting to see like you know it, i feel like um where i was it wasn't super black and white like yeah. what people thought about things like it was pretty gray yeah like a lot of what i see online is very black, black and white <laughs> yeah that's a feature yeah, that's a like, feature dude that i was gonna say because yeah. feel, i feel like your coworker has a very uh based on what i know about covid he has like a very rational take on it you know it's, uh-huh it's, which i've i mean to be honest i've argued with him a lot about it because like i'm i'm sort of like in the middle i feel like mm-hmm. on it where like where he would just like never wear a mask like he right. had covid for a few weeks and he came back like you know it was like the 10 days or so later or whatever mm-hmm. like whatever the necessary protocol was but he came back and immediately didn't have a mask on yeah. and i just you know, <laughs> yeah, flipped dude. out on him i, I was could just see like that, dude man. like yeah i could see myself he was just freaking like, out yeah yeah because i was just like dude that's just so disrespectful to the rest of us like we were in like a small room for a meeting we're all wearing masks and he like walks in without a mask so i i've sort of like checked him throughout the pandemic on different things but at the same time like a lot of his complaints like just about like the lack of information that we get like Mm -hmm. um the mixed information i'm like yeah i mean i you're not wrong like Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna um disagree with that so mm-hmm. i just try to meet people where they're at yeah meeting people where they're at is really important and it's funny that you brought up the conversations online because i think that's i'm this is a whole big can of worms and i probably won't open it too much i'll just open it up and like kind of <laughs> peek at like maybe one worm uh but it's like it's just i feel more and more every day like like twitter is actually poison right that it's actually killing our souls um oh i dude yeah i I feel it in my soul like (laughs) i deleted my personal account like a while ago but even just having to run a press account it's just like god i wish i wish i could hire someone just to do like all social media so i did not have to be on twitter Mm -hmm. because you feel so good when you turn it off you feel yeah great you're like oh my god it's literally uh, you know, I, I quit drinking like six months ago and it's like four days after you quit drinking, you get what's called the pink cloud where everything, uh-huh. everything just seems kind of amazing and vibrant. The same mm. shit happens when you quit social media. It's totally, it's, it's gotta be bad for you, dude. Yeah, man. <laughs> like, um, I, I'm lit. I'm trying to, f- it's and it's totally an addiction too mm-hmm. i mean i i feel that when i you know i'm reaching for the phone but it's just i feel like my screen time it went way up in the beginning of covid and then i developed like more of a twitter addiction and i'm just trying to work my way out now that things are like starting to get back to normal i just it it feels bad every time i open <laughs> Yeah, basically. <laughs> Feels bad, man. Feels bad. Well, hey, I uh, before we talk about exercise, because I liked uh, your DM. I liked all the all the topics there. 
Um, oh, cool. Just really quick, because I'm, I'm, this is something that's curious, uh, that I'm curious about because of running Broken River, so I'm always interested where other publishers' heads are at. Um, what what would you say the Apocalypse Party project is, and how did you choose the books? Obviously, you don't have to go through every single book, but sort of in general, what are you, what are you doing with this thing, right? Because it's fucking mm. it's fucking cool, man. The the T shirt in particular that looks like a black oh, black cool. metal album cover, that shit is sick. I meant to get <laughs> one of those, and it was one of those fucking attention span of a goldfish internet things where i saw it and i'm like i'm gonna go back and buy that and then i didn't but they're still for I'll sale send you one, right man. oh really yeah i'll send you one. Oh, yeah. dude that would be so because i'm telling you man like they are fucking they're fucking badass but i'm talking too much what oh, no. what are you doing with apocalypse party well um actually just to give you like um a very sincere compliment like the way that you talked about um broken river and just like what it takes to run a small press was like super instrumental in like my thought process like going into it Mm. like you were very honest about like broken river is just kind of the books that i like Mm -hmm. like at the end of the day these are the book the sort of things that i want to read so i'm gonna put it out into the world so that's sort of what I've been trying to do like there's not um necessarily like um a specific genre that I'm sticking to um it's just sort of there's there's some vibe that I feel like runs through all the books I can't quite put my finger on it Mm -hmm. but I feel it's like they're like definitely on you know a bit more of the quote-unquote like experimental or like dark side of literature I guess but it's just the sort of things that I like to read and the stuff that I don't see enough of that I just want to put out basically. Mm-hmm. That's a good answer. That is a perfectly valid answer. Um, <laughs> nice. Yeah. I'm always, I'm waiting for somebody to tell me, uh, I, I put out whatever I think will make money so that I can laugh <laughs> so that I can just laugh and laugh and laugh. But, uh, but yeah, it shows through, it shows through. There are, uh, some presses I really like, and some presses, most presses I don't. Um, but I think what you what you're doing is really cool because you can. It's a. This is my other big thing. This is David's big thing. Our um, this vibes, right? I'm oh, totally. so into vibes right now. I uh, saw a tweet uh, yesterday about getting that said you should get a tuning fork. And I was like, I should get a tuning fork. Mm-hmm. So I bought a tuning fork on Amazon. It's going to come in the mail and a, oh, and a cool. little mallet. And I'm going to you know, put it up to my ear and put it on my chest near my heart. Because uh, I'm into like frequencies and vibes. Because I was puzzling over what makes some things so good and some things so bad. And some people just, their vibes are right. And I think Apocalypse Party's vibes are correct. Oh, thanks, man. That means a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, um, and something about the vibes right now, I don't know, like, they feel a lot more pronounced, Mm -hmm. especially when you're around people, like, after not being around them for so long, maybe. Mm -hmm. But I feel like we're all just very in tune with ourselves right now, Mm -hmm. just after being with ourselves for so long, and it's like, now it's time to, like, be in tune with everything around us, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. That's interesting. So you think that because of COVID, maybe 
you know, we're all kind of hyper aware of what's around us. I, I mean, I feel that way to some degree. Like mm-hmm. when I go when I go out into nature now, it's like I don't know. It's just wow moments, like just nonstop after not being in it for so long. I don't know. That's that's dope. Would you say so you go? Do you go on a lot of hikes? Is I know you're a runner. Uh, I'm assuming you do some out- yeah. outdoor trails. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. I, I live in Philadelphia, but I live um, within walking distance of um, Fairmount Park and the Wissahickon, which is like this really long, um, extensive um, part of the woods that has like a bunch of trails to run on and things like that. So mm-hmm. I've spent a lot of the time over the past few years just because I I've lived in Philadelphia um, my entire life, but I've never really until the last few years really checked out that part and yeah i've just spent so much time in the woods basically Mm -hmm. over the past few years Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's sick man um i'm a big fan of the woods but they also they also freak me out i feel like before (laughs) yeah before i go in i have to again i have to feel the vibes of the different woods that i go into because Mm. i had a weird experience on the santa fe trail but um so (laughs) with the with the running uh when did you? Because I, I know Murakami's, a, a, you know, he wrote that book about running. Uh, did you get into it uh, because you were you read that, or or are you running away from your past? Like, what's 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 going on? <laughs> um, I actually started that book. I wasn't really feeling it. Yeah, I wasn't feeling sure. the vibes of that book, to be honest. <laughs> and um, I put it down. Um, so just to be totally honest about how I found out about um, ultra running, because I was never a runner growing up. I never really liked running at all. I actually really didn't like running. But um, I listened to this ultra runner um, named Courtney DeWalter on um, the Joe Rogan podcast Hell a few yes. years ago. And um, it was this woman who had run something called the Moab 240, which is a 200, over 200 mile race through utah and she ended up beating like all of the men by like 26 miles and like Damn. over 10 hours or something like that like which was like an unheard of feat basically mm-hmm. and she was just talking about her experience and i was just like so intrigued by this idea of like because i thought running you know a few miles was crazy and then i hear about this person who's running you know over 200 miles in like less than you know a few days and i just was like oh i need to check this out a little bit more mm-hmm. and then <laughs> to go back to joke i listened to david goggins i was gonna bring up podcast. goggins and he he wanted <laughs> he wanted to run the moab but had never run a marathon before right is that how that story goes? he wanted to run um what was called the bad water which is through death valley mm-hmm. which is one of the hottest locations in like the united states like the runners are going through like 140 degree like days out there and it's over 100 miles and they basically just have like these vans that are like on the highway with them that is like their crew that is like feeding them along the way but i heard his story where you know he was this overweight guy and like was able to then turn his life around basically through like sheer power of will and run these races and i was really interested in what the sort of will it would take to like go from never running in your life to like trying to do one of these long races so that's basically like how i 
started. Goggins is an absolute psychopath, and I love him to death. He's yeah. he's just when he's got this intensity about him, and there's a point in. I don't think it was the the Joe Rogan podcast. So I go through phases where I listen to Joe Rogan, and those phases. Yeah, that's how I've been. Yeah, those phases are also where I'll listen to like Tom Billu and all these other. Um, who's the other guy? Aubrey Marcus will be another one who I'll. Uh-huh. All these people with like millions and millions of dollars who are telling me about vibes you know it's like it's just about oh totally just about vibes brother um i i listen more for the guests to be honest like yeah yeah. those two were i mean he he brings out people that are inspiring like a lot of the time but yeah yeah yeah. i like how he he's very passionate about the stories that he talks about i guess oh yeah and he tells a story i think on tom billu where he asks him where does your will come from and he's like he said something about how when he's in the zone, he goes to the darkest place he can go to and harnesses totally. his inner evil and uses <laughs> that to push forward, like the, the killer instinct. And I was like, it's true, man. That is such a refreshing yin, <laughs> yin to the yang. You know what I mean? Like just embracing the dark side and, and, and finding, because that gets pushed aside so often you know what i mean uh yeah it always has to be positive and shit and it's like no we're we're all of these things at once so hearing goggins talk about you know you just have to be evil you have to imagine (laughs) murdering someone or something to find the strength to do it i was like ah it makes sense (laughs) yeah courtney dewalter the other guest that i was talking about talks about um going into the pain cave she talks about which is just like you know the darkness and just like letting it simmer and until you come out this other side like because everyone goes into these sort of dark valleys when they're running these long races and then you come out on the other side and you're just like oh i like conquered some sort of darkness i i mean it's probably different for every single person but you sort of have to embrace it while you're in it or else it'll Mm -hmm. consume you Mm. that is so interesting so you've been in the pain cave oh yeah (laughs) for sure it's what, what I mean, is it? What's it I like? Lo- um, I mean, it de- it depends on um where you're at personally. Maybe like oh, I was very um I don't know what sort of place I was in. Sort of just a dark place when I started running, and you know. It just was a place where you could sort of zone everything out and just focus on like um, how small this little pain that you're feeling right now is compared to like the pain of life, mm. like how life is just suffering and everything every day is like some sort of obstacle. And if you can just get through this moment, like, you know, embrace the darkness while it's happening, then like life can be good when you're in the good moments maybe i don't know Mm -hmm. if that makes sense but like um i guess it's just climbing that that peak and it's you sort of close your eyes and you zone everything out and if you're listening to like some like i would listen to a lot of like crazy death metal when i was running and just like (laughs) focusing on the dissonance and like it almost like the dissonance harmonizes with what's going on in your soul and you're just like in it for that moment it almost becomes um the pain of those moments can have like a weird euphoric effect in some some ways yeah see this is what i'm talking about though this is what a lot of people don't like to 
confront, especially people who have certain mental ailments, which I'm sure we're both very familiar with. It's mm. intimately oh, familiar yeah. with. Um, yep. It's an uncomfortable truth, but to get past those things, you have to be able to engage with them. And it's kind of the only way out is through is a way of thinking about yeah. it. Oh, totally. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's, that's really interesting. Do you, have you ever been in the pain cave when you've been in the gym or is this just a running thing? Um, I feel like I'm in the pain cave in the gym. Usually when I'm doing legs, legs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, um, when, especially like high rep, heavy squats or like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know what it is. It's just like so much more, ta- at least personally for me, it feels so much more taxing on my nervous system. Mm-hmm. So when you're on like, you know, that eighth rep and you know, you still have a few more to go and like every second is sheer pain. Mm-hmm. That one, um, I don't know. I definitely, when I'm lifting, I channel something different than when I'm running. Running feels more peaceful yeah. in some ways, <laughs> just like the general, um, physical activity i feel like i channel more anger when i'm like lifting oh for sure that's where all the screams come from the gym oh, yeah the gym that i was going to uh had a lot of screaming bros and uh-huh. you sometimes hear people say i i hate going to the gym i hate it when you hear all those guys screaming i'm like they're in the pain cave dude i mean i don't know what to tell you oh, for they're, sure they're getting to where they need to be um what where's your bench at right now um well i just started lifting again like i would say like two months ago mm-hmm. so and i don't max out on the bench mm-hmm. usually because i actually don't feel like that's the best way to like by i don't think benching is the best way to get a big bench usually i'm doing like um chest specific activities and then do triceps with specific the next day mm-hmm. so like the last time i did chest i had like 95 pound dumbbells that i like did on the chest press for like you know 10 to 12 reps damn that's good man that's way higher than where i'm at yeah that's 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 good you're strong yeah (laughs) yeah well i feel like getting back into i like trained so much in past years it's there really is that muscle memory when you get back into it you can just get back to where you were like pretty quickly i feel like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you also did jujitsu right yeah mm-hmm. that was in there <laughs> yep yep i'm just going down the list baby this is all interesting to me i don't have a ton of people to talk about exercise stuff with so i mean dude me either that's why I, when you said exercise um i was like yeah let's let's talk about yeah, it cause, yeah because i want to talk I, yeah, ta- i've never done jujitsu uh because i'm too uh scared like too nervous <laughs> i don't i see with things it took me forever to get into the gym because i was too self-conscious about looking foolish and with jujitsu i know that like i'll just get choked it's like boxing too i've never boxed um oh yeah because i'm just like you totally have to check your ego when you do yeah it's hard for me to do man it's hard it's it's but but it's valuable right i i understand that it's valuable oh yeah so i'm i'm gonna like i can get my ass kicked anytime yeah yeah which i know I know, like, you know, when you say, you know, that you have a couple of 95-pound dumbbells, it's like, oh, okay, I know in my head that if Ben and I ever got into a fight, like, Ben would, like, just break my neck, right? I get that. But but it's that's the beauty of jujitsu, though, yeah. is, like, I, I was explaining this to someone the other day, like, you can be, you know, 
my size and go if i had never done jujitsu before i could go against you know a five two benches you know the 45 pound plates and he could kick my ass potentially Mm -hmm. it's like all technique basically yeah but yeah well i I just have i understand where you're coming from i have to resign myself to getting you know crawled all over by a little spider monkey man and you know (laughs) getting getting wrapped up but it does seem uh it seems like you could make some pretty good friends that way too you know where it's just it, it feels very um i don't know masculine and and kind of like these are my brothers we, uh, well, I'll tell you something interesting was um, I actually, um, so I didn't get bullied a lot in school, but I like for some reason in my sophomore year in high school, I was in this math class with a bunch of juniors who were just like, you know, <laughs> cool kids, but also like complete degenerates. Yeah. And they would just sort of rag on me like a lot, especially this one kid who seemed to just have, you know, sort of a bit of a Napoleon complex. I'm like a taller dude. He just seemed like also pretty angry and he just wanted to take it out on me. Mm-hmm. And when I started doing jujitsu, he actually went to the same school. And when I started, you know, improving and competing in tournaments and stuff and he would actually um, compete at some of the same tournaments. Like, there was that sort of, you know, bro respect that he formed, and suddenly, you know, he's shaking my hand in the hallway instead of, you know, saying some bullshit. But <laughs> just all to say, like, there is that um, that sort of brotherhood that in that respect that has to be there in the gym, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I feel like it, I don't get it anywhere else, so, like, sports are a good way to get it. Yeah, sports are a great way to get it. I used to play soccer, and that was probably the last time I really felt that, except for the few times that I've been in the gym and just, you know, kind of interacted. Even just interacting with swole dudes, I, I get yeah. I get a little thrill out of it, you know? Like, if they, <laughs> if, totally. if they spot me or if they, like, tell me I did a good job on something, <laughs> I'm like... Like, yeah. I walk out of the gym with a little spring in my step, like a big brother. You know, of course, and a lot of these kids are younger than me, but, like, you know, a big, massive dude's <laughs> like, hey, not, you know, nice work or whatever. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> totally. Just like, you just feel good. You feel that kind of like, uh, I don't know, like you're a kid again or something, and you've gotten, yeah. gotten a gold star. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's a great feeling. Yeah, but, um, yeah, as far as the gym, so with me, I have not been in the gym in like two months because of the kid, um, and I have some resistance bands. I've been using those oh, nice. uh, here, and it's interesting because re- anything with body weight or resistance bands, you are essentially, your workout is only as hard as uh, as you make it, and that might... Yeah. It, it, it might not make a ton of sense because, you know, whoever's listening might think, uh, well, don't you just make, you know, every exercise as hard as it needs. But like when you, <laughs> when you set the plates or whatever, um, you, you're locked in, it's like strapping into a shuttle, you know, you're, you're going to have yeah. to, uh, you know, go beast mode or be really embarrassed and, you know, and, yeah, and put up or shut up, put up or shut up. Right. But like with resistance bands, because of physics, the further you push stuff out, the harder it actually gets. So it's it's always been the same with body weight to me. Uh, that's why I think. Have you ever seen uh, Hannibal for King? His videos on YouTube. Uh uh-uh. uh He's a guy. I think it's in Jersey who just works out in parks, and he's just ripped to shreds. Oh, uh, I love watching those videos. Yeah, uh, but this guy is like one of my heroes because he's just you know. 
I feel like people who do the body weight thing exclusively, um, they just, I think they have a little bit more determination maybe than your average kind of, uh, bodybuilder in the gym. Cause I just, I feel like yeah. it's harder, man. I feel like you have to work harder for it. Yeah. I was watching some video, um, the other day where it was a guy doing pull-ups in the park and there was like some really jacked dude in front of him and he was doing like this weird, like, um, I can only describe it as like an escalator where he would be like, the jack dude would be like one and the guy would pull up like a little bit and then he'd be like two and then he'd pull up to the next floor three. Mm -hmm. He's just like slowly doing a pull up and then he'd like be like down and he'd go down. But it looked so intense and hard and like the amount of mental like fortitude you would have to like hold yourself in the position waiting for him to say the next number i was like geez yeah this is like way harder than any gym workout i know yeah exactly and you can quit anytime that's the thing with with body right. weight it's <laughs> it's your own body you're not going to be stuck under a weight or you know um you, you, there's no treadmill to like to well i guess i guess actually running would be similar to body weight because it is your own body you know it's just you just oh, yeah. you just have to keep it you just have to keep it going and that's when it becomes really hard i think i don't know when i go to the gym i i fall just into routine basically i know the exercises i'm gonna do how many sets i'm gonna do uh i play around yeah. with the weight a little bit but I, I largely know what i'm gonna do when i'm in there and body weight stuff just feels a lot more free because you know you, i'm just in my backyard with my resistance bands and i'm like looking up uh athlete x videos and stuff you know like, <laughs> like what like what do i do with this let's ask uh jeff yeah. jeff cavalier what he does but uh totally but it's great yeah a few years ago um like my um i lived with this um old friend in florida for a few summers and he he got really into yoga but for a while he was just um studying this like i guess he just referred to himself as like a movement practitioner named ito portal i don't know if you've ever heard of him no. but he was just like this guy who did like only body weight he like developed these exercises where he would like crawl on the ground like a lizard like almost almost having his stomach touch the ground but do like these weird crawling exercises that i've tried and just they take so much like core strength that yeah. it's just ridiculous that sounds but tight he would just do, yeah he would do like backflips and cartwheels and just developed like this crazy body and um just crazy um athleticism through body weight exercises so i always thought that was pretty cool can you do a backflip no yeah me neither <laughs> yeah i'm not a gymnast i'm not very athletic in general um no i'm like tall and clumsy mm-hmm mm -hmm, yeah um so where do we go from here where do you want to go you want to talk about writing a little bit this is always fun oh god i haven't written in so long i was gonna I ask you that. dude i was gonna ask you that because i haven't you know you've been busy with the press i get it it happened to me too yeah um there gets to be a certain point i think when i'm currently in this right now where so i edit strangers books right um and reading for fun and writing is difficult because it's kind of like <laughs> it's the catch-22 of you know you think to yourself this is what i want to do for a living i want to write and just be in the world of books but yeah. then it becomes your job and it's like hmm, yep it's not as fun as it used to be so what's going on with your <laughs> writing dude where's the where's the ben books at <laughs> Um, well, I think 
to be honest, it started um, probably around like the beginning of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I had um, a book come out and it was just a really disappointing like publication process, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And like, um, I don't know if the pandemic, I'm not going to like blame the pandemic for a book like whatever Mm -hmm. but like the pub i just know from the way that i work with authors and the way that i worked with this press it just didn't feel Mm -hmm. right to me Mm -hmm. and when the pandemic happened and books weren't getting like as much attention or whatever like i sort of started questioning why i was doing it yeah i guess um because when you work on a book and it doesn't quite land you're like am i doing this writing um because I love writing and because mm-hmm. I really enjoy this. And I'm not one to complain about the writing process. Like it really just is like, do you like it or do you not? Mm-hmm. For me at least. So I realized at that moment, I just was not enjoying it. And I was getting a lot more out of working hard on like other people's books than I was on my own writing. I've, I've just sort of felt for the past little bit like getting other people's work out there has felt slightly more rewarding than working on my own stuff Mm. and i i don't know it's just sort of you know focusing on all the books and i just haven't felt the creative spark for my own stuff lately dude i'm with you 100 percent. it's really interesting we're on the exact same wavelength here i didn't have a book put out by a different press um it wasn't anything like that but I was thinking about this in my car today um, because I'm mm. kind of writing like a serialized book online, which kind of makes it fun oh, yeah. again because it's like it's not there's no expectations to it. So I was kind of thinking about it in the car. But I was having a bit of a down day. Uh, the fact that the kid was screaming in the backseat probably didn't help. Uh, <laughs> but but no, I was thinking about the book and I was I was at this point where I thought okay, I do this, if I was giving a bullshit answer about writing, right? And I was to just say, like, uh, L. Nash did a, a tweet like a month ago that has stuck with me. And it was just, if you were to write books and like knowing that they would never get published, would you, I saw would that. you, would yep. you keep writing? And I thought... I thought about that too. That that was fascinating. I was talking to her in the DMs about it uh, because, like, a lot of people's answer. I was talking shit. She wasn't talking shit, just so everybody is understanding this. Um, but I felt like a lot of people's answers were really dishonest because they were like, yeah, of mm. course. I love writing just for writing. And I feel. Couldn't help but think the same. Yeah. And I was looking at that and I was thinking about that today. It popped back into my head. Uh, which is really weird because now we're having this conversation. But um, I I wouldn't actually. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't just write for for no reason, um, because it's a two way street, man. You know, uh, you're writing to be to be read. Now my my standards for what that looks like aren't stupid, right? I don't need uh, a whole bunch of people reading my books or whatever sure but like you know so my first book i think like it came out like 10 years ago and in total it sold about a little under like 5k right um yep that's a perfectly fine number to me right 5k is fine yeah that's great um the second book 
was a little under 3k and then black gum was 2k and then uh, minor storm which is like the sequel to black gum yeah. i looked up its amazon numbers and it has sold i think like 150 um yeah which is just like this massive drop off right and i was a little spoiled because i came into it kind of 10 years ago and it was like you know people were reading it was like me and cameron pierce and sam pink and like we were all of this kind of cool moment i think when people were like reading books and buying them um for sure and i feel like that has like probably through a lot of fault of my own just kind of fallen off and i got depressed about the numbers i was like damn I don't know if I want to do this. If only 150 yeah. people are going to read the fucking book, you know? Um, yeah, man. Yeah. Like, I, I 100% agree. Like, if I, I don't know, if I wanted to make up stories or something like that, I would just probably stick with my own imagination if nobody was else, or if nobody was ever going to read it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I feel like, um, like, I... I feel like I sort of picked up on exercise because it was something that I always thought was fun. And I just, writing for me has, for a lot of the time, like it's, it feels like work for me a lot of the time, Mm -hmm. just to be honest. Um, And whereas like going out into the woods and running around feels like being a kid again. And like, Mm -hmm. if I want like, if I, I'm like, half serious here but like if i wanted to just make up a story like i would run through the woods and like revert to some sort of childlike whimsy and like imagine i'm like i don't know in like a video game running through like you know like a skyrim-esque video game Mm -hmm, through mm -hmm. the woods and just let that be my creative outlet versus like going into a dark room and writing on a dimly lit keyboard so that nobody would ever read it yeah yeah see my thought process is that the next step for for books in general because people don't read anymore i was talking to grant womack about this uh it's kind of like cars are just being invented and you and me are kind of horse-drawn carriage builders (laughs) you know and we're we're like yeah we're like it's cool uh people will still use horses this car thing is neat but I mean, everybody's not going to be able to afford one and blah, 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 right? And we, we, we're, we're on this, we're like rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic, basically. Um, <laughs> but like, so I was telling him that and um, yeah, I, I just, I think that the way forward for books is kind of like the way forward for uh, actually to the point of like Apocalypse Party with like the black metal aesthetic, right? I think it's moving in that kind of direction, right? Um, as actually uh, sort of positioning books as challenging uh, experiences that are a bit like exercise, um, because people people exercise because it's fun, but they also exercise because they know that it's good for them. And I think that if the marketing and the messaging could be correct to posit that books are uh, similar. Uh, you've said this, but uh, similar to, you know, endurance tests like marathons, right? Where you're actually getting something uh, mentally instead of physically out of the act of sitting down and reading a 300 page book. 
I think that's the only like it can't books can't be marketed anymore as like here's a fun thing for you to do in your free time because I think <laughs> I just think that ship has sailed you know I completely agree yeah and yeah I think that's definitely something that I'm trying to do with Apocalypse Party is you know the book that's an experience that it's not something predictable that's just going to carry you along because we have you know 5,000 TV series and you know a new whatever every five seconds so Mm -hmm. like it has to be it has to be less of a passive activity and something more that you can engage with I definitely agree with that Mm -hmm. Um, like one of I feel like a lot of apocalypse sorry I was just gonna say I feel like a lot of apocalypse party books um like you're not necessarily going to feel good while uh-huh. you're reading them. <laughs> like, right. you're a lot of them. Like, I don't think you're gonna read, um, like, B.R. Yeager's Negative Space and be like, "Oh, I feel really good right now about all yeah. these characters." Yeah. But, like, people have time and time again said how much they love the experience of that book and how it's different than what they've read before. Yep. And that's that's exciting to me. That's something worth publishing, and that's something worth pursuing. I think as like a whole for not just like one press, but like literature in general. I guess. Yeah. No, negative space is definitely where I see the future of of books going. Actually. Um, yeah. I think that you were really smart to publish that one. Um, but. Very lucky. Come on, man. It's, you're you're good. You're good. Well, I, I mean, lucky to get to work with um, Br Yeager. Oh, for sure. I mean, that for book sure. Would have done, that book would have done well anywhere. I'm just lucky that he decided to work with me. I get you. I get you. I've been there. I've been there. Yeah. I'm just. Yeah. I'm just a. I'm just a simple, humble servant. <laughs> no, no, no. You're being cool, man. You're cool. Uh, but no, I. Uh, I do think that that is the the kind of direction that that these things need to go in, right? Where it's um, one of my favorite, absolute favorite books that I read, I think last year. Yeah, it was last year was Alice Knott, Blake Butler's Alice Knott. Yeah. And uh, I've had problems with, I've always been fascinated with Blake Butler as a writer, but I haven't really liked his books. It's just, it's been this bizarre thing. I was given uh, 300 million to review for um, uh, World Literature Today. And I like, I got through it and there were times reading that book where I felt physically sick. And when I was <laughs> done, I, th- I thought I didn't like that, but I kept thinking about it. Right. And I think yeah. that after reading that one again, cause I was like, I got to go back and see what's going on here. I was primed for Alice Knott and it hurt in similar ways, although it's not as nasty as 300 million by a long shot. Mm. Um, yeah. but I was like, I was ready for the experience and it sounds pretentious to say, but it's painful and not fun, but you feel great after you read it. And there are moments during the reading too, where it kind of breaks into this ecstatic trance, like that, you know, like when you see dudes, uh, in, um, sort of syncretic religion parades where they have like, uh, spikes through their face and, you yeah. know, and they're being flogged like Jesus in like <laughs> Guatemala or something. It's, it's got that kind of, feel to it where it's like this isn't fun uh and it's not pretty but i fucking but i love it oh totally yeah blake butler was you know finding his work and reading i think the first thing i read was um scorch atlas and i was just like it's like 
cliche to say, but it was like the first thing that I'd found that was like, you know, David Lynchian in like mm-hmm. literature that made me feel that sort of like tense unease as I was going through it, not really knowing exactly what's happening and being completely okay with not knowing what's happening and just being along for the journey mm-hmm. and experiencing. I feel like when I read Blake Butler, I'm having like sensory overload. Like for some reason, it feels like almost transcendent and like that my nose is like pricked up and I feel like I'm almost like smelling like the shit soaked scene that he's mm-hmm. writing about or something like that. But yeah, I think he does something really special. Well, he takes you to the pain cave. He takes you to the yeah. Cafe. He basically takes you to the pain cave. And uh, I again to kind of widen that out, you know, books like I mean, Negative Space isn't like Alice Knott, but it's you know similar in feeling. I guess you could say tonally. I I, yeah. I feel there's a similarity there. Um, but yeah. But, like, books like that, I think, are just, yeah, I think they're just great examples. And I, I have to imagine that people who would, you know, follow all of these, like, um, you know, like, like I, I'd never pronounced this correctly, but I think it's, like, Passage de Ver or something like that. Uh, it's, the, mm. like, the one-man guy from Norway who, who does, like, these you know, two hour long black metal albums or like Dark Throne or something like that. Oh, uh, yeah. I, yep. I have to imagine that people who listen to Dark Throne would would get what these books are doing because they, they just feel yeah. very similar to me. Yeah, and like I mentioned dissonance earlier, there is there is that sort of dissonance. When you listen to... I don't, I don't know how to explain it to a lot of people when, you, like, they ask, like, what do you like about uh, metal? But it's something in the dis, like, getting lost in the dissonance and, like, mm-hmm. it, there is a euphoria to it. I feel like, um, I mean, part of it is um, I've been a very, you know, depressive person for a lot of my life. And it just feels like, um, not like uh, your soul is, like, recognizing something, but they're when you're in like that pain cave, you're in that dark place, it like, there's some sort of frequency where you like, you're on the same frequency and it feels like correct. Whereas yeah. you've been like on another wavelength and trying to like fit like a triangle in a square space and it hasn't been quite fitting. And then something like locks into place or something. No, I like that. I like, I like that idea of the, of the vibes of it. There's a, there's a quote from hideous gnosis, which is this book of, essays on black metal um and this guy is named stephen shakespeare uh not sure if that's his real name but (laughs) i've never read anything else of his but he had this great quote about black metal that goes uh what does the absolute sound like if being is known only in becoming is the music of the spheres known only as they shatter and grate and scourge space and time into new forms of chaos right um, which I think is great, right? It's this idea of, you know, again, not to just repeat the quote verbatim, but if, if life in general is a sequence in a Deleuzean sense of these becomings, right? Uh, the way it's, it's, then it means that it's a constant state of birth and death and rebirth, you know, kind of mm, over and over yeah. and over again. So what something ugly, like really good black metal does or something like alice not or negative space right is through making or for that matter maybe even running marathons right is that through going through uh the the pain the pain cave would keep coming it's gonna have to call this episode the pain cave but uh but through going all through all that you're um 
you're kind of you're you're shattering and reassembling who you are over and over again and it makes you feel alive mm. definitely i like that a lot yeah it's how i i mean it's how i felt uh, a lot when i was training for like a long distance race you know you're running when i was doing it i was running 100 miles a week which one of those days would be like 30 miles and then i would go back into work where i like work on my feet for like eight hours each day and i would just feel like my body was like coming apart certain days like just Mm -hmm. from the physical exertion but then just like you build yourself back up and you get better and you get better and i don't know there is something about that for each of those things like you just you feel better afterwards yeah because having like like the kind of mental issues that I have and have had, um, going back to the beginning of the conversation, you know, the only way out is through, and the reason why a lot of people don't do it is because of how painful, uh, psychically painful it is, mentally painful, right? And uh, yeah, running ultra marathons, uh, you know, working out, doing certain types of drugs, not not all the drugs, but but some drugs. Uh, yeah they all of these things can put you in this kind of scary space where you have to kind of get through it i mean to go back to joe rogan again he's you know he (laughs) says that he likes to get high as high as he can because it's scary right because you get paranoid and freaked out and you have to figure your way through and out of it um oh yeah and people will do acid and be like i'm never doing that again i had a bad trip and i was like that was medicine you know that was maybe you oh, maybe yeah. you needed the bad trip i don't know have you had any bad <laughs> trips before i've never had a bad one actually but i've i've always thought that psychedelics um do exactly that where there is that point especially on the come up where you're just like this feels awful like what uh-huh. is happening to me like this is never going to end but yeah. then um you like settle down you maybe like pull out a pad of paper and a pen and start drawing or you like do something that just puts you in touch with like the world around you and you're like oh okay i am everything and everything is me or something right 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 yeah i did uh i mixed the i did the the uh planet fitness and and shrooms once nice and that was just the purples were wild just absolutely i just had this big smile that was a great trip actually i just had this big smile on my face because it you'd think in a place like a planet fitness everything is metal and you would get this kind of arconic uh you know Mm. demon type feel from the you know the evil secular chain of you know planet fitness right you know um but no, it was great it was great everything was just this like the purple all i can really say about it is that the purples were just fantastic it was just a lot of fun i recommend everybody do that but watch your uh watch your dosage right (laughs) (laughs) and probably lift a little lighter that uh... yeah lift a little bit lighter but um we're coming up on an hour here is there anything else you wanted to talk about before we wrap this up no man that's pretty good dude thanks so much i'm really happy to have you on because we haven't talked uh at all I think no. since the last I mean we've like messaged and stuff but we haven't talked since the last time you were on the podcast but I really uh, I was you know happy to have you on because I think what you're doing is super exciting and I'm at the point like I'm at the grumpy old man point of my life where like I'm just I'm just <laughs> not gonna lie to people anymore like I'm not gonna bullshit 
you know if that's good. if anybody you know asks what i think of certain books or certain presses i'm just gonna tell them because life's too short to be to be fake people can still be good people and just not be my thing um but for sure your thing is my thing man I, i think you're doing a great job and uh it's just cool to see uh people still out there doing that thank you dude that means a whole lot cool all right. And always love what you're doing too. Yeah, when I when I when I do things, right? <laughs> when I, when I can find the time to do it. But yeah, thank thank you and uh, thank you for your time. Yeah, man. All right.